Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. Make sure to go to TimCast.com. Click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do. And you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Did you ever hear that story of the gentleman investigating the deep state? And then apparently he took his own life with a firearm, twice, if you get my drift. Many people think that's evidence that uh, he did not actually take his own life. But the funny thing is, a lot of people will just believe the family. Whenever these stories come out, they're like, no, no, everything's fine. We really do think it happened. And I got to tell you, it's infinitely more likely that when you have someone uncovering a plot, a conspiracy, that someone takes them. Like, you know, someone kills them. You know what I mean? And then goes to the family member and says, here's money, shut up or else. I think that's substantially more likely. Well, Netflix has a new special coming out about the octopus murders. Ooh, mystery deepens in Ryder's death. Conspiracy prober suicide draws another look. An upcoming documentary series is set to unravel the gruesome true story of an investigative journalist found dead in a bathtub after pursuing a conspiracy group. Danny Casalaro's lifeless body was discovered by a housekeeper at a motel in Martinsburg, West Virginia, in August 1991. You knew. <laughs> you knew I couldn't walk away from this one. Uh-oh. Martinsburg. That's where, uh, that's where we are. I love it. I love it. Um, not the story. It's just the craziness of it. The 44-year-old died, uh, had died from a loss of blood after suffering multiple slash wounds to his wrists inflicted by a very sharp bladed object, and local authorities quickly ruled it a suicide. But his family and friends have long insisted that he'd been murdered for investigating a conspiracy group he called the Octopus. The Octopus Murders, they call it on Netflix. The chilling case began when Danny started investigating a dispute between the Department of Justice and a technology company called Inslaw. The clash appeared to be over intellectual property rights, but it soon seemed that it had a much more sinister underbelly. Following months of research, Danny is said to have stumbled into a web of stolen government spy software, a string of unsolved murders, and some of the biggest political scandals of the 20th century, according to Netflix. I got to tell you, my friends, they say that the Pulitzer Prize is the greatest honor and award in journalism. But everyone else knows that a CIA assassination is the actual journalism prize. No, but I'll be real with you guys. Um, look, Let's say that there's an actual security threat to the United States. And we're talking like Cold War era right now, right? If there's a journalist, and I, I pose a serious question to you guys. 
let's say that um, the U.S. is trying to extract a few um, informants and agents from, uh, I don't know, a, a, a Soviet state, right? And information gets out that could result in this operation being compromised and the death of several people. A journalist has the story and says, the American people must know. What do you? What do you do? I'm not going to pretend like there's easy answers here, because I'll tell you this. The security apparatus of this country is not going to allow this to this 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 action to be compromised because it would result in deaths and it could further compromise security of the country. Understand that the life that life is not just black and white. It's not just like these journalists that are working to uncover these stories are not without uh, potential calamities should their reporting happen. That being said, often I really doubt that's the case. Because typically these journalists try to work with source and say, we want to redact anything that could result in harm or death. Usually, most of the time, these journalists are not doing anything that is going to compromise national security to an extreme degree. And when it came to, say, Julian Assange, who's a journalist, by the way, he actually said he'll work with the United States completely to go through these to make sure they redact everything. That way, what the U.S. is doing gets out, but nothing that would actually cause substantial harm. The question then becomes, and I know it's a tough one. Libertarians are all screaming, saying, no, never. But here's the here's here's the tough spot. It is not so simple to say, even if, you know, Julian Assange exposes a lot that the U.S. government was doing Edward Snowden as well. And this compromises the plans of people who work in intelligence and they fear it will make their ability to to run security. Uh, that It'll make it harder. Giving the enemy an opportunity to understand our tactics and plans is going to be a disaster. You know, that's a harsh reality. I don't think we're supposed to be ruled by an elite cabal that does whatever they want and no one can do anything about it. So I commend the journalists who seek to report on it. But I want to point out the nuance there, that there's that, that there's a perspective to consider. And you need to understand that so you can know the motives. They say the writer believed he had uncovered a hidden organization, which he branded as the octopus made up of eight ex-government officials. The excerpts purporting to be from Danny's research shared in the new trailer for the docuseries asserted these eight men, they're no longer government officials, but their tentacles can reach into any part of government in almost any country. The journalist thought the conspiracy had all started with Promise, a computer program which sources in the series claimed allegedly showed the C- show, uh, allegedly allowed the CIA to spy on the intelligence agencies that bought it. Wow, <laughs> crazy. And honestly, really easy to do these days. Must have been a lot easier back then. It seemed the program was engulfed in shocking speculation, including that everyone who worked on it are dead. There were a string of suspicious deaths seemingly linked, uh, linked, including three men who were fatally shot another who had a wire running from around his neck to his ankles. Danny became obsessed with bringing the entirety of the story to light, but never got the chance to finish the investigation. In the summer of 1991, He headed out to the motel, expecting to interview a key source for the story, but would never make it back. His death was ruled a suicide, but many believe that his wounds were far from self-inflicted, a sentiment echoed by those who feature in the Netflix upcoming series. It just didn't sit right. In my mind, I'm thinking they killed him. One commenter urged, look at this. The writer believed he uncovered a hidden organization called the Octopus. (laughs) Maybe, maybe the Octopus murders. In... In the book that Danny was writing, 
He starts looking into these powerful people and realizes there's something much bigger going on. Most of us were convinced he had been hurt from his uh, hurt for him covering this story. A woman added. Another man explained, I told him not to talk to certain people, not to raise certain issues. The trailer dramatically concludes with a warning, apparently issued to the documentary makers themselves, which states, if you think for a minute that you're going to go expose somebody, you're going to get yourself killed. You will. It's true. And it happens. Shane Cashman, author of the inverted uh, Tales from the Inverted World books. We have two of them. We uh, we're uh, in the past year or so we've been working on setting up this live show, which the studio is now almost complete. Shane Cashman went down to investigate the lost Confederate gold from the Civil War, which has been a, a, a topic of treasure hunters dreams for a long time. Yo, it's wild. This stuff, this is reality. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars or more. You're talking about, and not just with, with that story, with, with any one of these stories, octopus murders, people's lives being threatened and what they're willing to do to make sure you can't stop them. In the course of his reporting, Someone actually sent Shane a death threat warning him that if he didn't stop trying to find this gold, something bad would happen. And they were rather explicit, in fact, as to what would happen. Fortunately, nothing happened. The story concluded and Shane has since made it back and moved on. But I think people need to understand the reality of what people are willing to kill for. You know, I saw I see stories every day. You know, a woman gets shot and killed in San Francisco by an illegal immigrant for no reason. I see a story of a, a guy is standing in an ATM and he gets stabbed several times for a couple hundred bucks. We know it's all real. Do you really think that powerful entities, either former government, current government, corporations or otherwise, would allow a journalist to expose their operation? Laughable. Now, often. Some people won't cross that line. I think mostly they don't. But you think about the 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 willingness to kill someone for nothing, for a couple hundred bucks. Then you got to understand what someone's willing to kill for if you're talking about a larger conspiracy organization. And the terrifying reality that, unfortunately, for most people, it's actually really easy to do. A simple mugging, and that's it. And no one will know the answer. Imagine you are a young, I don't know, staffer for a corporation. And you find out your corporation has been doing something wrong. So you download a series of emails and send them off to a news organization. Do you think they would just let that slide? Perhaps one day when you're walking home from work, you get mugged. And that's the end of it. Mugged. A robbery. Perpetrators never caught. A botched robbery. Oh, they'll find you with your belongings still on you. And they'll say it was just a botched robbery. That's all. Somebody wanted his stuff and uh, ran off without taking it. Perhaps. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. 
That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. If you are getting in the way of very powerful people, they will not hesitate. I think the average person, again, corporations and government, they don't do these things. But as long as you understand that there are, you can Google it right now. I'll tell you a story. At MGM National Harbor, which is uh, just south of D.C., there was a guy who was playing. It's, it's a, National Harbor is like a big, uh, it's like a pier and there's boats and there's a Ferris wheel and there's restaurants and there's also a casino called MGM National Harbor. Uh, National Harbor is the place. MGM National Harbor is the casino at National Harbor. Google this story and check this one out. A guy apparently had been playing blackjack or something and won like 60 grand. Some woman was all macking on him. And he's like, come up to my room, girl. And so they did. Once they got inside, she signaled to her compatriots and opened the door, allowing them in. They ordered him to open his safe to give him the money. And as they were going through the safe, he ran for it. They chased him out of the room and put a bullet in his back with, uh, I believe it was an AR-15. Bleeding profusely, he climbed down some 20-odd flights of stairs to make it down screaming for help. What these people are willing to do and the risks they're willing to take, these were just run-of-the-mill thugs who were trying to rob a guy who had been flaunting money, flashing it around. Don't do that. When you go to some of these casinos, they'll offer you an escort if you got a certain amount of money. So you have to wonder, what is the government willing to do? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Recently, we were asking the question, why is it that younger voters are shifting towards the Republican Party? Why would someone like me? Well, I think a large reason is people like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is an independent voice. He's not right about everything, but he speaks in a way that is easy to absorb, to understand, and is honest. It's genuine. So when Joe gets something wrong, we say, well, you know, he's wrong about that, but it's a legitimate conversation we're trying to have. It's like hanging out with your buddies and trying to understand what's happening. Now, there's good and there's bad here. The bad, in my opinion, is that too many people get news from their friends sitting around hearing something passively. And if the root source is tainted, then the information they get is going to be bad. That being said, When someone absorbs information passively from a friend who watches MSNBC, they're being plagued. When someone absorbs information they passively get from listening to the Joe Rogan experience, well, they may get things wrong, but the intention isn't to be wrong or to mislead or to deceive or steal power. And thus, it's not as big a deal, really. Uh, Joe has this this clip. This is from uh, Kanakoa the Great, who posted this Joe Rogan clip about immigration and the problems we're seeing. And Joe is talking about how let me let me play a bit of the clip for you. He's he's he gets something wrong when he says they're allowing non-citizens to vote in New York, but he's mostly right. They passed the bill and it was blocked in the courts. And so who knows what will happen? But there are many jurisdictions that are allowing this to happen. If you're a young person who is listening to Joe Rogan experience because he's a funny guy, he has fun conversations and it's easy to understand. You are understanding what's going on in this world. 
and you are likely not going to be voting for Democrats. Let me play a little bit of this uh, this clip for you guys, and uh, you'll hear it from uh, uh, Joe himself. When you watch those migrants jump those cops and beat their ass, and then they got out of jail with no bail right away. That's trouble. That is wild. I know, but it depends what and your algorithm is. And they're tupac in the camera? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They tupac the camera on the what? way out? Yes. I didn't see this. Yes. Apparently I... those guys have fled. And they got released or deported? They got released. Oh, they're just what? back out. Then. Yeah, bro, they, they interviewed this one guy. I was watching Gosh. this YouTube video, the, what's happening in these hotels. This one guy's been there for seven months. And uh, he said they give him a nice hotel. It's a nice room. He says it's real clean. They give him breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. And he's an illegal immigrant. Yeah. And then there's people that are poor. They're like, hey, what about my family? What about yeah. me? What about us Americans that live here, have always been here, born and raised here? And people just sneak in, and you're yep. giving them all these things you won't give us. Why are you doing this? This is crazy. That's crazy. Is it like a vote? Are they trying to like get new yeah. voters or something? I would imagine yes. Yeah, but That's... they're not going to be down with. If you ever meet like a well, dude you, from you know, Guatemala, you do it. they're doing it right now in New York City. In New York City, they're allowing illegal immigrants to vote. Yeah. So this is the point I was making, and I'm not trying to do a whole segment about how Joe Rogan was wrong about something. I'm trying to point out that if you're listening to what he's saying, you're going, "What the? How is this happening?" And he's mostly correct. Now, Canico with a great points out. That uh, as of, uh, let's see, uh, blah, 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 blah. they say on June 27th, 2022, the New York Supreme Court for Staten Island overturned the law stating it violated the state's constitution. In fact, it does more than that. It violates the constitution of this country to allow non-citizens to vote. Mayor Adams and the city council appealed to a higher court. The case is stuck in court, so we'll see where it goes. President, he says, meanwhile, President Biden is fast-tracking work authorizations for non-U.S. citizens potentially giving them the right to vote if Mayor Adams succeeds in, in the appeal. Mayor Adams has a chance at winning. As of June 2023, more than a dozen communities across the U.S., including D.C., and municipalities in California, Maryland, and Vermont allow non-citizens to vote in local elections. In Connecticut, Democrats aim to amend the state's constitution to permit non-citizens to vote in local elections. In December, the Boston City Council approved a proposal allowing non-citizens with legal status to vote in local elections. Rogan points out that Democrats want to permanently change the voting demographics in the United States by importing as many votes as possible. And that is my point. This is why we're seeing the shift. It is the collapse of the narrative machine media. It is the rise of the independent voice and podcaster. And you cannot buy Joe Rogan. You can't. I mean, he might do a shout out for your ball trimmer or whatever. I'm not trying to be I'm not ragging on Rogan. He literally did this hilarious ad. Dude, it was one of the best ad reads ever done. <laughs> so Joe Rogan, he does the ad reads for his show. And one of them was like a male grooming device. And he was like, he's reading the ad. I do ad reads too. And when you read it, you just read the script, right? Kind of, you give a little feel, you might put a little spin on it. But he was like, this, this groomer comes with a flashlight for late night grooming. And he goes, man, what? If you're grooming late at night in the dark, you got balls. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Anyway, my point is the corporate press, yo, they're going to cave to access. Joe Biden says, if you want to interview us and get the million views, you can't report this. And they say, you got it. Joe Rogan doesn't care. 
Rogan tells them, I don't want you on my show because he holds the power. That is the death of the corporate press and the rise of the independent media. This is something that just, is that true? Is that absolutely true? Let's make sure because this is a big statement. It is a big statement. But I'm pretty sure <laughs> that was one of the things that they were trying to do. They were trying to make it so that these people could be documented. And this is what they keep saying. The, 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 the way to deal with the undocumented people is find a pathway for them to be documented. Sure. That's how we've always done yeah. it. It's legal immigration. Now, you might think legal immigration is too restrictive. Okay. But you can't just let anybody in because terrorists are a real thing. <laughs> like, yeah, this, right. this is not like an imaginary. It's not like orcs. Like, we know terrorists <laughs> are real. <laughs> so take a look at this. Kaneko points out, in 2017, two terrorists. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I should say suspects. The next year, six. The next year was zero. 2020 was three, then 15, then 98, now 169. So here's what it comes down to. Aside from pointing out these very obvious problems we're seeing, imagine what it must be like. You don't watch the corporate press anymore. They lied to you every step of the way. And then you watch Joe. And Rogan. they already caught that one guy where they asked the guy, like, who are you? He goes, you will know soon enough. And then they find out, OK, this guy's on a terrorist watch list and made it into America. <laughs> what a dumbass. Yay. Yeah. Yay. They're not going to vote left, though. These people coming from, like, South America and stuff are going like, to. A lot of them the will issues. because those those are the people that got them in. Those yeah. are the people that are giving them money. Those are the people that are giving them free food. Free. You know what I love the most about the Joe Rogan experience? Well, first, uh, shout out. Uh, Joe's back on all platforms. He made this announcement. So I don't know when, it, when exactly that starts, but this is great. It's good news across the board because it shows that Spotify is not concerned with the controversy around any of Joe's shows. But here's, you know, 50. How old is how old is Joe? He's like 50, right? Uh, let me let me double check. He's 56. Joe, he's 56 years old. He's got these young guys who come on his show and they're like, aren't they like coming from South America? That's right. Let me tell you about it. So you got this dude who is one of the best comedians ever. If you've never seen a Joe Rogan show, you're missing out. They will. The, the life will try and rag on him. But. You know, Joe had this really great bit when we saw him several years ago in Philly. It was awesome. Uh, sh thanks, Joe, for inviting us to the show. It was really great. And it was, a, it was a joke about cats and how they look out the window and they go, you ever see cats? And they mutter. And, and he nails it. It's absolutely great comedy. It's not even political or anything. Um, but here you have this dude. And he's basically like schooling these younger guys who are on his show and he's telling them about these serious issues. True. Place to sleep. Wouldn't you vote for those people? Especially all you want to do is get a fucking job. And if you vote for these people and these people are going to allow you to be documented, you're going to be able to get a job and then continue to get social assistance, which has been pretty remarkable. Yeah. Getting money and food and yep. a place to live. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. But then they'll sometimes I watch, you know, when I'm watching Rogan. Or seeing these clips, I'm like, did he watch IRL that night or like the night before? Like, because uh, certainly, though, he's pointing out things that, that are not coming from us. I'm not saying I'm, I'm just like sometimes we'll be like, yeah, we watch you. Know, Rogan watches us. We watch Rogan. So shout out to Joe. He's uh, you know, I'll say this for Joe right now. Um, he's one of the most important journalists we have. And I, I genuinely mean it. And, and, and the corporate press will freak out about that. Taylor Lorenz made a video where she's like, Tim Pool, she was doing an interview, and she's like, Tim Pool doesn't do anything original. He just comments. And he's dishonest. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So she's saying, I read other people's news that they've done the reporting on, but that I'm dishonest. Well, what? If I'm commenting on someone else's story, what's dishonest about it? I, I guess if you're saying the fake news, the corporate press is writing fake news. But here's the important point. Taylor, I have bad news for you. I host a Friday morning interview show, which many of you may have seen this morning, and uh, interviews are journalism. So thank you. 
and have a nice day. You, on the other hand, make TikTok videos where you quite literally comment on things while complaining about other people commenting on things. And the funny thing is, too, it's an argument they try to make. You know, Joe would certainly not call himself a journalist. I will. And it, and it's true. Um, when they say that, like, Tim Pool's not a journalist anymore. He hasn't done real journal. What do you think I do all day when I'm fact checking various stories, pulling news and information together, and then making a video where I discuss them? It is news and opinion. This is a fascinating thing they try to do to discredit those who would call out their lies. Snopes isn't journalism. They're just commenting on other people's news. Well, they're fact checking often wrongly. But yeah, it's journalism. It's just not good journalism. Joe Rogan on his show has interviews with people. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. That's journalism. Doesn't matter what your, what your interview is. If Joe Rogan was only interviewing MMA fighters on his show, he would be a sports journalist. That's what it is. He is hosting a show where they talk about these ideas. And you are allowed to give your opinions and everything as well. The conversation happening is generating news, information, and understanding. This is the shift. As the corporate press undergoes this layoff bloodbath, this is the shift and we are winning. I wanted to hit two things, three things on this really. One, the immigration crisis is true. Two, the demographics are changing and people are waking up to those media. And three, Joe Rogan is basically been the, the linchpin for this. And we're lucky to have him back on all of the platforms. It was great that he was on Spotify and he had that deal. But seeing now that he'll be everywhere, this is going to be a tremendous shift at the best time imaginable. So shout out, Joe. I'm a big fan. I appreciate your work. A tremendous respect. It is uh, Rogan. You know, if he never had me on his show, I don't know if. Well, I'll put it this way. I've talked to Joe about this uh, and I've talked to a lot of people, you know, before I went on Joe's show, I had maybe like 300,000 followers. And afterwards, I had a million. It was crazy. Within the span of a couple of months, it was like 600,000 on one channel and 300 on the other. And then like 100 scattered across, you know, very social, uh, very social platforms. But it was like it was like 350 to 400 total. So on YouTube, I had 200 on one channel and like 100 on the other. Then I had like 100 on Twitter or something. I go on Joe's show and it was nuts massive increase. Then we did the Twitter interview with Jack Dorsey and it was massive. And so I, I uh, you know, owe a lot to uh, to Joe. Tremendous respect. He's basically led the led the way on all of this new media wave and its history. And uh, uh, we stand but on the shoulders of giants of people much better at this than we are. And uh, I will say this with all due respect, I hope to one day reach the the talent and ability and skill that Joe has when it comes to making a podcast, which uh, I don't think we I don't think we will. 
I think there will come a time when Joe retires. There will come a time when Timcast IRL is still on the air. And we can only hope to ever get as close as he got with the amazing shows that he's done. So thank you, Joe. Good work. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. And we'll see you all then. So uh, fat leftists are angry that they're getting advertisements on social media telling them to lose weight and offering them things like Ozempic. My friends, I am going to say this. It's a very, very important story. And I, uh, I agree with these fat leftist influencers who are upset over receiving advertisements for Ozempic. I do not agree with them that being fat is good and you should embrace these things. I think you should strive to eat healthy, exercise, reduce your carbs, increase your protein. And that's a generality. You know, if you're on an all protein diet, disregard, talk to a nutritionist, figure out which makes sense. But I think the story is absolutely fascinating because to me, the idea of taking a drug to lose weight is disgusting. Recreationally, I'll put it this way. If you're someone who's got a serious medical issue and your doctor prescribes a medication, hey, step aside. I'm not talking about you. I, I strongly encourage everybody to get uh, sound medical uh, uh, advice from a medical professional. What I'm saying is there are people right now who eat garbage and are taking drugs so they don't get fat while they eat garbage. My favorite commercial meme or whatever, it's this guy and uh, he's like, he's eating pizza and it's like, can't eat your favorite foods. And he goes, oh, I got acid indigestion. And then it's like, take product. And it's like, he eats the pill and he's like, now I can eat more of my favorite food. And it's like, dude, if you're putting something in your body and it hurts, stop. Imagine if there was someone commercial where it's like, does putting hand on fire burn? Then take painkiller and burn no more. And it's a guy being like, now I can put my hand in the fire, but it doesn't hurt. Why would you do that? If you're eating food that's causing you pain, stop doing it. So I, I look to uh, prominent influencers like the, the, uh, the Petersons, Jordan and uh, Michaela, because um, they've done elimination diet stuff. And Michaela's a tremendous success with elimination diet, where she's mostly just eating rack of lamb. And, um, you know, I respect it. Figure out what works for you. We're all different. Here's what I see with this. You know, th these women are upset. They're getting ads telling them to lose weight. Now, I'm not uh, uh, right away when they're saying I get these weight loss commercials. I'm like, well, that's a good thing. The drugs are the bad thing. Virgie Tovar has been a fat activist for more than a decade. So when she started receiving email after email from wellness companies offering weight loss drugs, she thought it was spam. It wasn't until she saw other creators share screenshots of communications from marketing companies and medical spas that it started to register. It was a widespread phenomenon. Yes, the reality is most people want to lose weight. That's why Ozempic has become so big. So, of course, there are companies that make tons of money off advocating weight loss, and they're going to market to you because you are fat. But as a fat leftist, you are offended by it. I'll let you in on a secret. I met a, I met a guy who told me, uh, I met a rich guy once, a rich guy uh, several years, maybe, maybe eight years ago, and he was like, being rich is really easy. And I'm going to let you in on the secret right now of what I was told. And it makes sense. And I think he's right. He said, uh, you know, it's really easy to, to make tons of money, especially with Facebook. I can tell you how to do it. 
I wonder if he'll get mad that I'm telling everybody his, like, his plan. I don't think this guy actually did this plan. I think he was just off the top of his head, like, here's what you do. And uh, what he said was, uh, you know, like there's very obvious things people want, right? They want to lose weight. They want to find relationships. They want to become wealthy. Okay. Everyone goes the wealth route. Let's throw that out. Let's do the weight loss one. So uh, right now, do some research on uh, weight loss and healthy eating. Write a, say, 50 page booklet on various tips that you've collected through the internet or whatever. Write the book called The Top Tips for Losing Weight Fast, The Real Solution Now, or something of that effect. And uh, you, you put it up on your website for a digital download. You advertise it on Facebook. Run a campaign a couple times, a couple different campaigns. See which one is the most effective. And then sell the digital download for slightly more than it costs to, per, uh, to, to, to run the ads. Then you leave and you're rich forever. That's what he said. The idea being that people will always, always need health tips to lose weight. It's simple, you know, a couple days worth of work to compile various studies and research and ideas. Advocate in the beginning of the book to uh, uh, talk to a doctor, but here's the things that worked for you. And then you put it on Facebook, figure out how much it costs in ads to get one sale. So let's say you spend $10 on advertisements and for every $10 spent, you sell two books. That means it costs. So, so the $10 will actually deliver your ad to, you know, a thousand people or whatever. And so you're like, okay, a thousand people saw the ad, two people out of a thousand bought it. It cost me $5 to get a sale. Sell the book for six. That's it. Digital download, infinite resource. You did the work. It sells forever. And then uh, later on, you can update the cover, run a new ad, change your ads. There's always more people to target. There's hundreds of millions of people. You're not going to sell it to every single person. But I mean, look, if you sold a million books, you will make a dollar off of every ad. You're going you're, you're gonna to make a million dollars profit. And he's like, so what really ends up happening is you end up making like 15, 20,000 bucks a month doing something like, like this. And then he's like, and then the best part is you can just do more. You can make one about dating tips. You can make one about uh, tips for success and how to improve your life and how to clean. And it's really simple. And when you think about it, it actually is really simple, right? But my point here is ultimately that there's a big market, a massive market for things like losing weight. Let's go back to this story. She goes on to say that throughout 2023 and 24, she's been offered free Ozempic for weight loss by influencer marketing companies and others. Uh, she's been offered as much as $2,000 to promote the medication. I know I'm not the only one. She said F all the way off. I agree. However, similarly, plus-sized Peloton instructor Ash Pryor also shared a screenshot of an email she received offering $1,500 worth of weight loss medication treatment in exchange for a monthly content. That's when she said F all the way off. Here's what people need to do. Eat better, exercise more. Uh, I lost like 30 pounds when I dropped the carbs, increased the protein. Uh, this was now going on, I think like, man, it's two and a half years ago. I was heavier. I was eating a lot of rice. I was eating a lot of meat, but I was eating way more carbs, bread, and uh, I was exercising a lot. And then I was like, I got to, you know, the, for me, the problem was the carbohydrates, mostly rice. I was having a lot of rice. And uh, I was like, I don't want to eat too much bread, but I had a lot of rice. And so I dropped it all and started focusing more on protein. And I, I did keto, basically. And I lost like 20 pounds in three months. And then over the next like five or six months, I lost another 10 pounds. 
I had been exercising the whole time. I've always skateboarded. At the time, I was doing a bit more rollerblading than skateboarding. Rollerblading, super fun. Uh, I think it's easier uh, to get started. Skateboarding is a lot harder, but I've been skateboarding a lot more recently. So exercise definitely helped. But my attitude was kind of like, I don't know. You know, I exercise all the time, but I'm still, I still put on weight. And then I was like, it's diet. You know, it's not. And I, th- I think diet is the majority, although exercise is extremely important. Uh, you know, I think much of what we hear about depression, if you are depressed, the solution may actually be exercise. I'm not saying it's the only and, and absolute talk to a doctor, but for a lot of people, it has been medically, scientifically proven exercise cures a lot of depression. My recommendation to a lot of people is if you're depressed in the house, you don't know what to do, you're bored, you have nothing to do, go to a skate park, get a skate park, get a skateboard. You've never skateboarded before. Get rollerblades you never bladed before. Skateboard's probably uh, easier to meet people with because less people rollerblade. But uh, you go to a skate park with a skateboard and uh, that's it. You go to the skate park with the skateboard. You'll sit down and it's just proximity. This is always how it goes. You go to a skate park, you sit down. Someone will walk over like, what's going on, man? You'll be like, yo, what's up? You'll watch someone do a trick. and It'll be like, oh, did you see that? And you know what you can do? You can say, Hey man, I'm I'm new. I don't. I just started skating. I want to get into it. You think you give me give me some pointers? They'll be like, oh, for sure, dude. You'll make friends instantly, and it will be very very good for you. And then uh, I love skateboarding. Uh, I don't care if it's skateboarding or anything else. I love community sports stuff. Right? Football's cool, but a lot of people just watch. I like people like I, I like when you go out and you have a league and you play uh, ultimate frisbee, uh, frisbee golf, snowboarding, anything where you're out interacting with people and being physical. It is going to light up your life. And so I recommend it. That's what bothers me about, about, about all this. What I'm seeing these days, which is terrifying, is that people have disgusting diets where they eat processed garbage and fake sugar. And when it causes them physical pain, they buy a drug to solve the problem. That's crazy. And it breaks my heart. You know, for me, I find it to be relatively simple. Uh, I would love. OK, so we had a Super Bowl party. Tons of pizza. I ordered these keto pizzas. I regret it. I will never do it again. Too much dietary fiber, if you know what that does to you. And so I'm like, dude, I will just go ahead and eat meat. And so the other day, I did have some bread. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills. The dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. We did a uh, tenderloin, Nusseret style. We can never recreate the amazing meal that is Nusseret. If you don't know what that is, it's Salt Bay guy where he does the thing with the salt. My stars and garters. If you ever find yourself in Miami. And you've got some disposable income. Nusser et is an is an experience. That guy knows what he is doing. It's the Salt Bay guy, right? It's probably I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. My, probably my favorite restaurant. 
And it's I, I don't know if there's one out here, but they do this thing where they pan sear tenderloin in butter. <laughs> they salt it and then they put a piece of bread between it, a toasted bread with butter. <laughs> it's just nuts. I've talked about how good it is for all. But um, I don't eat too much of the bread, but just the, the meats. And so uh, I got to be honest. Super Bowl party, we had delicious yellow cake. I had not a single piece. And I'm like, man, that icing would be so good. But I got a sweet tooth. No sugar for me. No fruit juice. None of that. I drink spin drifts. Cut the sugar down because the responsibility starts with you. And I want to be healthy. You know, they say as you get older, your body starts to break down faster than it can repair itself. And that means you want to maximize regeneration and minimize the damage from eating bad food. But too many of these people, of these women, are happy to be morbidly obese, sickly, and it breaks my heart. You know, this woman here, she's, she's, got, she's got a belly. She's obese. I don't understand why she doesn't just cut out the garbage. And there are people who say, but I like eating my sugar and my pizza and my whatever. And I'm just like, there's a lot of things that feel good. Drugs feel good. They kill you. They're like, you know, it's crazy that people like alcoholism is bad. Getting drunk feels good. You, you, you have to have control, responsibility. It is terrifying to me that there are people who are like, I am going to eat processed, refined garbage and sugar cakes and all that stuff and then inject myself with chemicals to stop the negative. That's crazy. It makes me feel like there's going to be two worlds or that we're in two worlds already. People who will become disgusting blobs of unhealth, but they'll just hook themselves up to the machine. For what purpose? I have no idea. And there will be others who will get fit, protect themselves and try and improve themselves. And that's basically what we've seen. Think about where that goes. These people are going to plug themselves into the VR. They're going to be morbidly obese, disgusting, you know, covered in pots and boils and rashes. Their hair is going to fall out. And they're going to be like, I'm kept alive by chemicals plugged into my belly. And I use virtual reality. And then in the VR, they're this glistening, ripped Superman type figure. And there'll be the rest of us who will just be like, okay, you know. We're not going to be glistening, shiny models with six packs. That's not a real human body. You know, I, I respect the body positivity in its truest sense. Like, everyone's like a dad bod. And I'm like, look. A guy who is like in moderate shape, has a little belly or whatever, I ain't complaining about. Not everybody's running on the treadmill and eating 500 grams of protein to look like Chris Hemsworth. You don't have to do that. There was a photo of, um, what's his face? The guy who plays Aquaman, Jason Momoa, Momoa, whatever his name is. And um, they were like, look how fat he's gotten. Because he had like, it looked like he had like love handles or whatever. And I'm like, he didn't really... It's just that what we see on TV and movies of the guys who are super ripped of their muscles, they're dehydrated. And so when this dude who works out a lot, gets fit for the movies, eats a ton of protein, in reality, he does not look like a six-pack ripped guy that you see on TV. Those are, that's, that's, a, that's like special circumstance filming. And they make fun of him. So I get that. It's like, come on, dude. That's what a person actually looks like. Calm the F down. When they do filters and manipulate how people look, how women look, to try and uh, uh, sell a product, that's bad. So I don't mind the women on Instagram when they're like, this is what Instagram looks like. And here's how I really look. And it's like, I respect it. You know, I kind it's kind of cringe. They keep doing it as so we get it. 
But the filter stuff is really bad. So in the terms of body positivity of like, sometimes people have zits, sometimes, you know, people, uh, you know, they're short or whatever. It's like, that's great. That's body positivity. But morbidly obese people who won't take responsibility for their own health, who want to do drugs instead, that is not body positivity. And that's actually what's happening right now. Now, again, to be fair, these women are just saying like, I'm fat and that it is what it is. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You could be thin if you just ate better exercised and changed your life and it would improve your mental status and all these things. But you know what, man? I'm libertarian, I guess. So do what you want to do. Me, I'll do what I want to do. So, uh, you know, the other day I had almost I have like I have very little carbs every day. And this is this is wild because I'm reading online. I, I consulted these like health websites, government and World Health Organization kind of things. How much protein should I eat? How many carbs? How much fat? It is insane, in my opinion, what they tell people to eat. No, no joke. It says apparently I should be eating 300 carbohydrates per day. Dude, I eat like 20. It's, it's wild. When, I, when I, I weighed 200 pounds a couple of years ago and I lost 30. When I, when I weighed 200, I was probably eating like 100 carbs per day. Some bread and some rice. Nowhere near 300. And I was gaining weight. And I was actually, I've got a mini ramp in the basement. We've had the whole time we were here and I was, I was gaining weight. I didn't really care. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, I don't care what it looked like, whatever. And then at a certain point I was kind of like, after I got sick, I said, I, I, I gotta eat better. I, you know what I, I, whatever it is, I should not be gaining weight if I'm exercising. Something's wrong. And I think maybe it's just me. Maybe everybody's different, but I switched to lots of protein, lots of fat. And it's wild because it's like, for one thing, I was not, even recently, I was not getting enough protein. And uh, now I'm getting a ton of protein and I've dramatically like cut out uh, carbs. Here's the here's the thing. There's something called uh, I think it's called gluconeogenesis. Your body will turn protein into sugar when it needs it. So that's why people think people are like, I'm doing the keto diet and they eat like a big steak. And I'm like, that's not keto. Keto is when you like slam a glass of heavy whipping cream and your calories come mostly from fat, not from protein and sugar. I'm mostly doing low carb high fat, high protein, but not like there's still some carbs in there. Uh, not, I'm not, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it like legit keto. Everyone, everyone calls it keto, but like, dude, seriously, you're eating avocados, cheese, drinking cream, and you're having a little bit of protein. That's keto. I'm doing just like a higher protein, higher fat, lower carb thing relative to what they're telling me to do. And I've never felt better. I actually, I, you know, I, I mentally feel bad. I do. Cause I'm like, if I had known this when I was 19, Man, what could I have accomplished? I remember when I was a teenager and into my 20s, I would skate and I'm, I'm in California and I, I ollie down, I jump down a large set of stairs, huge. I mean, not really, it was 13. So uh, imagine a set of stairs that has 13 stairs. It's about six to seven feet tall. And I jumped off of it. Heavy impact. It took several tries to finally get it. And this was when I was like 19 or something. I think actually, I think I was 18. And so, uh, a lot of strain on my on my muscles and my legs. The next day, I was racked with soreness. I could not skate for like five days. I was so sore. And I was like, man, if only I knew now what I knew then. The issue was I wasn't getting enough protein. It was it. I needed to hydrate, get protein, and the soreness would have gone away very, very quickly. I didn't know that. And so I remember all, my whole life, I was like, how do I improve? From how, like, I'm trying to figure out the diet thing. And it was because I kept getting told by all of these outlets, eat carbs and have so, and, and like have X amount of protein, but more carbs. And that wasn't doing it for me. Now that I do more protein and less carbs, 
I'm not even sore. I skated three days in a row the past few days. And I'm just like, I'm 37. I'm about to be 38. And I'm skating better than I've ever skated. It's really funny because people are like, you're going to start to feel it now that you're getting to 40. And I'm like, I got to be honest. I'm skating better than I've ever skated. And, the, and, and, and that's why I'm like, man, if I was younger and I had a better diet, I mean, granted, I was poor, so I ate what I could eat. I, I would eat what I could eat. You know, I'd, I'd go to Wendy's and I'd order a, a, a double cheeseburger, but I'd be like, how much uh, lettuce and tomato can you put on it? And they'd be like, I don't care as much as you want. I'm like, okay, can I get five tomatoes and five lettuce? Then I would basically have this massive thing. And they're like, whatever, an onion. And I'm like, cram as much food on it as you can, because I only have a dollar. But now, uh, you know, now that I'm taking protein more seriously and cutting the carbs out, things have been way better. Anyway, now I'm ranting about health and fitness, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I feel good about it. This stuff bums me out. This stuff makes me sad. I got to say, I wish uh, people would do better and we weren't moving towards this. It hurts to eat pizza, but I'll take drugs so I can. Man, like have a mango or a yogurt or whatever. Just like. It's so brutal. Me, I mostly eat chicken wings. I eat a lot of chicken wings. I try not to do too much red meat, but I will add this. <clears throat> I've actually never felt better than when I eat salami. Yeah, for real. It's the craziest thing. I will eat a bunch of salami with, we have this roasted red pepper feta dip that is delicious. It's basically cream cheese with feta and red pepper in it. Dip the salami in it. High fat, high protein no carb, very salty. But the next day I feel like a million bucks. And I'm wondering if it's because it's a cured meat. It's not, it's, it's a raw, raw meat, but it's cured. And so I'm like, I wonder if it's that it's, it's raw. Raw is better. I don't know. I certainly recommend everybody who wants to pursue any changes to their diet, consult someone who knows better than I do, because I'm just some dude who reads the internet and tries to do better. But I've certainly found what works for me. Hopefully you can find what works for you. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Elon Musk is ditching Delaware. Oh boy, this could set a major trend. Basically, he had this Tesla package where he's supposed to get a big payout, but there was a lawsuit and a judge in Delaware said, you don't get your $56 billion. Naturally, Elon Musk is perturbed as I would be too if I wasn't going to get $56 billion. And so he's trying to move Tesla out of Delaware, but it's announced SpaceX is done. The reason this is massive is that Delaware is essentially a tax haven for large corporations. It's not all nefarious, though. I can break this down. We don't do any of the Delaware stuff. Um, we are a West Virginia corporation. 
But uh, we actually, I own a bunch of different companies. They all do a bunch of different things and they're registered where they need to be registered. But of course, when forming a business, everybody always says, go to Delaware because you save tax money. It actually makes sense for a national business. If I'm opening up a hot dog stand in Charlestown, West Virginia, well, I'm going to register in West Virginia. How would you as a physical location register someone else, somewhere else? But what if you're going to, at the national level, I don't know, make a podcast? Actually, Delaware makes a lot of sense. You want to headquarter, you want to, you want to set up your headquarters in a state that will give you beneficial terms, better on taxes and uh, resources, etc. But I, I don't do that kind of stuff. With Elon Musk's move, you may now see a lot of people decide Delaware is too dangerous to operate because they just denied Elon his own pay from his own company. But let me break this down for you to explain what happened. They say Elon Musk has moved the state of incorporation for SpaceX from Delaware to Texas after a court in the former state struck down his $55 billion Tesla compensation package. In a post on X, Musk wrote, Tesla has moved its state of incorporation from Delaware to Texas. If your company is still incorporated in Delaware, I recommend moving to another state as soon as possible. The move comes after Judge Kathleen McCormick voided Musk's compensation package from the company, which helped which helped helped to make him the richest person in the world. The ruling had stemmed from a lawsuit brought by a shareholder who said Musk's ties with directors who negotiated the bumper package weren't disclosed. I call shenanigans on this. Elon Musk is the guy. Okay, here we go. At issue was his 10-year compensation package granted in 2018, which offered him 12 separate stock grants, each tied to its own performance goal, and, uh, and each representing 1% of Tesla's shares. Musk achieved all 12 goals, but was barred from selling any of the shares for at least five years per the agreement. The package granted stock option awards for around 304 million shares that Musk can buy at about $23.33 each, well below the Wednesday closing price of 188. The shares in question will now be canceled, but Musk had not exercised any of the options yet, meaning that his ownership stake in Tesla remains at 13%. The plan had a $55.8 billion maximum value and $2.6 billion fair value at the grant date, making it by far the largest CEO pay package in corporate history. The shareholders' lawyers argued that his compensation package should be voided because it was dictated by Musk and was the product of sham negotiations with, sham negotiations with directors who were not independent of him. I'm just going to say this. I am a Tesla shareholder. I bought in at the low point. I want Elon Musk to have that money. I am offended at the idea that someone sued saying Elon should not get what he is, what he's, what he's deserving of. I don't care that he would be able to buy a percentage of stock at that price. I think it's all good for me as a shareholder. It's a very small amount, honestly. But this is the this is the crazy thing to me about this. It's Elon Musk's company. It's like he is. Who, I know there's a lot of people involved in all that stuff. But this idea that because the directors were not independent of it. So what? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. So this judge in Delaware, here we go, says he can't have his money. Okay. McCormick determined that Musk was effectively a controlling shareholder with a 21.9% stake in the company, influential superstar CEO status, and deep ties to the directors charged with setting this compensation. In light of those facts, she found that his pay package should have been subject to a more rigorous standard of review. The process leading to the approval of Musk's compensation plan was deeply flawed, she wrote in her decision. 
Musk had extensive ties to the persons tasked with negotiating on Tesla's behalf. So what? What that makes no sense. So does Elon Musk. He's he, the value of the stock is, is, is predicated upon the success of the company. I call shenanigans on this. He said, never incorporate your company in the state of Delaware. To be fair, my guy, you operate out of Texas and California, but you do your, your uh, compensation package and or you do your company incorporation in Delaware. Surprise, surprise. I agree. Don't incorporate in Delaware. This is, but, you know, I, and I will say this too. This is the problem of being a publicly traded company. Timcast is not. It's a privately owned company. I own 100% of all the companies and it will never be anything different. I will never take any investment from anybody. It will always be a dictatorship here at Timcast. It's mine. And uh, that's the end of it. Yeah, I'm not going to play any of these stupid games. We've had people who've come and have talked about investment, things like this. To be fair, they're, they're uh, with, uh, with one outlier, the first company before Timcast, Scanner, Subverse, uh, there are uh, individuals who own, uh, well, one other, uh, Bill Ottman, good friend, and that's separate from the Timcast uh, media uh, assortment that, that we have. I'd never play this game. I think uh, I get what, why Elon did what he did. I think this is political. I think there's concerns among powerful individuals that Elon Musk, like with buying X and shifting the political narrative so dramatically in this country, getting a $56 billion pay package will be bad. Elon made the company. Without Elon, there's no Tesla. I believe he deserves all of it. I, I, like, you know, he deserves what he deserves. There are other people who are shareholders and, and everything like that. I look at this, this ruling and what's happening now as a threat to my investment. Because there's going to be people who are like, if Elon Musk is concerned, he will not get paid for his work. He will focus elsewhere and the company will suffer. And then I have to worry about whether my stock value goes down. I wonder if I have standing to sue this judge and sue in Delaware saying you are threatening to put the value of my stock at risk by making this ruling against a pay package agreed upon by the company. All I know is I'm pissed off. First, I think it's shocking that they would do this. But more importantly, like, hey, man, I invest in this company. I bet that I, I, what? Who's going to want to own? Should I should I sell the shares? Elon's disincentivized. Elon's saying he's going to move Tesla to Texas. And here's what I would demand as a very small shareholder in the company as well. I demand Elon Musk get his pay. I, I, I do not see any negative to paying Elon. In fact, I see only upside across the board. But again, the big shift here may be based on this shockingly short-sighted move that Delaware just made, this judge made. I wouldn't be surprised if something happens and Delaware, like, I got to imagine there's politicians in Delaware going, what are you doing? Our bread and butter is attracting massive corporations to come to Delaware. Delaware is microscopic. It is a tiny place. It has beautiful streets. It was just in uh, Wilmington. Last weekend, we went to, um, what was it, Delaware Park? Beautiful place, by the way. Racetrack and casino. Played some poker with the boys. Had a lot of fun. And uh, Delaware really wants to risk losing all of that sweet, sweet corporate filing. That's amazing. You know, lawyers advise people to set up trusts and all of the stuff in Delaware. That's why someone was jokingly calling it like a humble uh, uh what do they call it? A housing complex for a bunch of butlers because rich people don't live there. 
They do. They do. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of wealthy people there. But like the ultra wealthy set up trust funds and trusts to store resources to save on taxes. Yo, this is crazy. They do this thing where they'll take a bunch of their money and they'll put it in a trust. That money is not taxed, right? Because it's not income yet. They're like, I'm probably getting this wrong, but the general idea is you put a bunch of money in a trust. The trust can make investments. The trust can earn interest. And it's not a person, so it's not taxed. Something like that. Until you take it out, then it's taxed. So it's like a trust could generate a ton of wealth without paying anything to the government. And then when you take from, from, the, from the trust to use, then you're getting that income. But there's a lot of clever tricks they do with Delaware. I, I say this. Okay, play that game. Now, maybe I'm, I, this judge might be like, no, you don't understand. I'm sure there's something there I don't see. Fine, fine, fine. But it's shocking to me to see a story where a guy who is the CEO of this company, who is basically transforming this company into one of the, the most valuable companies on the planet. And then they're like, let's disincentivize him from doing so. So what? Elon Musk going to be like, OK, I'm going to move on from Tesla and focus on SpaceX where I make more money. I think SpaceX is the bulk of his wealth. And now he's moving to Texas. You read what you sow. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.